welcome to another episode of Where the Fuck are the Popcorn Bags, the podcast where we review a movie, but not before we give you our expectations on it, and then go watch it while we eat some snacks. I am Mantis Toboggan, and they should just burn Florida. Set it all on fire, burn all of it. And I'm Brianna, and I'm recording in a bathroom on the floor. And today we'll be watching Soul. Soul is the latest film from Pixar powerhouse director Pete Docter and stars Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey. Before we get into the movie of the night, however, Brianna and I are going to talk about our excitement levels for it, because we're both very excited, and discuss some things we learned about it while lazily scanning the internet, which wasn't much, but we will try to fill you in. Brianna! Hello! Tidbits! You never know what you're going to get. Tell me some titties you found. Okay, so I found a couple titties. So, hour 40 minutes long. Mm Mm-hmm. First animated film we've covered on the show, which is exciting. Is it? We both we both love Pixar films, and I think that when you get to watch a new Pixar film, that's always enjoyable. Can you, can you object to that? Absolutely not. You know, I watch Disney Plus all the time, and Moana, for some reason, is always on repeat for me. Well, there you go. Like I mentioned, uh, it's going to be a shorter tidbit than normal today because... The film's been out. <laughs> yeah, no, well, no, it's, it's, it's Disney. There's really not... There's really not much to talk about. It's it's coming from Pete Docter, who is behind Toy Story and Up and Inside Out and Monsters, Inc. All great films. He's a very talented guy. Uh, he began developing this film, Soul, in 2016, working from his contemplations on the origins of human personalities and the concept of determinism. Wow, I must think about just absolute shit all day then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you're not as, um, well, if you're like Brianna and you don't know what determinism is, it's the doctrine that all events, including human action, are ultimately determined by causes external to the will. So essentially you have no free will and the universe chooses what you do just based on the juju that's in the air. Which is, hey, that's cool. Some people believe that stuff. I'm, I'm fine with it. So, so Petey was tripping some sack, essentially, is what was happening. <laughs> he was, he took some, he took some acid. Petey probably uh, gets that good, good. Oh, he probably gets that good, good. He's like, I need to think of a new film to peddle to children, and so <laughs> uh, I need a high concept here. He's also a Christian, and he, I guess he's really like outspoken about his Christianity. But you really, you really couldn't tell by uh, based on his movies. It's, Pretty secular movies. I don't know. Pretty, pretty decent line he walks there. I, I guess there's a lot of concept of like, you know, what is life and what are we doing here and all that kind of stuff. And John Baptiste is the reference for most of the musical performances. Brianna, I also found that out. I think that's pretty cool. John Baptiste is very talented. Yeah, you know who else helped? Um, besides Questlove and Herbie Hancock, our guy Quincy Jones, Rashida Jones's dad. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, I thought Rashida Jones' dad was James Earl Jones. No, it's it's Quincy Jones. What? Yeah. Are I you think serious? James Earl Jones is way too old to be her dad. <laughs> Son of a bitch. The more you know. I'm going to put in that sound effect. Wow, I, I've gone my whole life thinking that James Earl Jones was the father of Rashida Jones. Well, I guess not my whole life, maybe like the last eight years. Nope, different Jones. Well, I am unshaken. <laughs> we move forward. Brianna, at the time of this recording, it has an 8.2 out of 10 
on IMDb based on 94,435 reviews. That's a lot of fucking reviews. I'm sweating from the amount of reviews. It has a 95% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes based on 259 reviews and an 89% audience score based on 3,800 reviews. 83% on Metacritic. Fuck Metacritic. And it also has a 93% of Google users like this movie. Oh. Which, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to keep using this uh, data to, to, to really figure out if that matters when it comes to it. Um, I don't really have anything else for the movie, Brianna, other than that I'm excited for it, obviously. I like Jamie Foxx. I like Tina Fey. I'm pretty sure that Peak Doctor is going to make a great movie. Okay, I actually misspoke. So, <laughs> Herbie Hancock and Quincy Jones and Questlove all helped keep the African-American culture, like, true and accurate. So, they, okay, they probably like helped with the music a little bit, but they also were more heavily involved in making sure that everything was right on. Okay. Yeah, I heard a lot of people say that it was... They were they were really happy that they made the black people in the movie look like actual black people. With, like, you know, people had different shapes to Not them. Not just Scarlett and, Johansson. Yeah, just facial hair and uh, tattoos. And I guess a, a, a good portion of this might take place at a barbershop and... Uh, they Hell like there's yeah. a lot of different different types of looking people at the barbershop that people were excited about. So that's really cool. I'm excited about that. Do you think Tyler Perry's like really butthurt that no one asked him about it? Oh, probably. And I just use the word excited, but I I think that I overuse that word. I'm like I think that's cool. I'm not really excited for it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not like oh this is great, but but like this is it's good. I like it. I'm a girl, so I don't <laughs> really know what barbershops are like. I just know I'm not really like supposed to go in them. <laughs> I've only been to Spanish barbershops, and I don't really know what's being said. They could be making fun of me, for all I know. Probably. Are you excited for the movie, Brianna? I'm very excited. I can't wait. It's been so hard not to watch this movie. Not even just, like, watch a little bit of it. I also thought that Eddie Murphy was the main character. I don't know where that came from in my head. My B. He's not even in the movie, so... Yeah, you said Eddie Murphy. That's kind of fucked up. Jamie Foxx. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, like... When I first heard about this movie, they were like, yeah, Eddie Murphy's in it. And I was like, ooh, okay, I can't wait. Yeah, you just kinda, it kind of looks like Eddie Murphy, to be completely honest with you. Do you want to give me the synopsis, though, while I pack my bunk? I always just think of Eddie Murphy as, like, a voice, that's why. Like, obviously he's a person, but I guess, like, Donkey from Shrek always just gets me. <laughs> okay, you ready? I am. <clears throat> Joe is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz, and he's good. But when he travels to another realm to help someone find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have soul. I vibe. This is going to be... I know I'm going to cry. I there's. I don't think I've ever watched a Pixar movie where I didn't cry. I haven't cried in a few movies. Yeah, I haven't cried in a while. All right. Have them packed, ladies and gentlemen. Three, two, one... And we're back. Good to see a good to see a Pixar movie about trans rights, Brianna. Um, yeah, you know, I really like that Tina Fey was completely unidentifiable in this whole movie. I'm kind of sick of seeing her. Best, sick of seeing her face. <laughs> best looking Pixar movie to date, and the first to say the N word. You know, I don't know if it's because we grew up as like having to watch Toy Story. Not that Toy Story doesn't slap, 
But the Toy Story slaps. Yeah, the animation has really come a long way in like the 29 and 30 years that we've been alive. It looked incredible. I understand we're in 2021. I understand that this is the latest Pixar movie and Pixar is always up in their game and all that nonsense. But woo mama, this looked so good. Pixar has once again just outdone themselves and they will for sure win the Oscar this year for best animated feature. If they don't, I'll fight someone. It was a great film overall. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to say it again, just like I said it before. It's a fucking Pixar movie. You know what you're going to get, especially when Pete Docter is is kind of the brains behind it. So I just haven't seen a Pixar movie to date that I went, ah, oh, this movie sucks. Like, I re- it's it's just it's just a fact in my mind. It's an objective fact. And you can you can argue with me about it all you want, but you will not win. <laughs> this movie, in a nutshell, is I, I don't want to spoil it. I mean, like, like, you know, that the, the, the you know, Jamie Foxx dies. And then he comes back and he tries to, you know, that that's kind of like the whole deal. Like he comes back and he tries to get his, get his life back together. But I, I mean, like I'm gonna wait into, for spoiler zone to really get into it because I I really want people to see it, and I also really don't want to want to ruin it in the in the spoiler free zone. I will say that if you didn't know, there is a place in, I don't want to know if you, I don't know what the, like the. It's not purgatory, but it's where souls are before they before they go to Earth. There's like a pedophile section. So there's pedophile souls, and they just go, oh, we're not going to kill them, because they should kill the pedophile souls. But they just let them go. So the, the, the pedophile souls do whatever they want. A lot of existential dread in this movie also, Brianna. Okay, there wasn't clear... They weren't clearly pedos they could have been serial killers they could have been pedos they could have just been politicians you don't really know but basically they send them off into the world and they're like see you later bye we don't need you here anymore we don't want to deal with you toodaloo but in reality they should kind of push them aside and just go why don't you wait a little bit and then when someone comes up behind them and just snaps their little bubble neck yeah, Jerry should snap the bubble neck. Uh, best characters in the movie were Jerry. They're just uh, entities. And uh, the worst best character was Terry. He's also an entity, but he, he's an accountant entity. Uh, I'm convinced these movies aren't made for children, Brianna. If I was like a kid, I wouldn't understand this movie like more than 10%. No, this isn't Toy Story, bro. This isn't about action figures that come to life what the fuck this okay. is some i don't think woody like, was an action figure honey but that's okay <laughs> okay but buzz lightyear was an action figure he was he was uh and so uh, i i don't know i i just gotta say i gotta th- i feel like pete doctor's just making movies for himself at this point <laughs> which is fine with me because it's every movie he does is it just gets it, it i've been seeing his movies since i was a five-year-old so they've kind of grown with me at this point, and I feel like as a 29-year-old, this is the kind of movie that I exactly I needed to see that makes me take a look at my own mortality and reasons for living. The more Pete Doctor makes, like, of movies, the deeper and deeper they get. Like, if you actually think about movies that he's directed so far... It starts with Monsters, Inc., where, like, there's that whole realm of, like, ooh, there's monsters, and they come into your room at night, and they steal your screams, but they're not supposed to be scary. They're only stealing your screams for electricity. And it's like, who thinks of that kind of stuff? Who thinks of yeah. it? Honestly. Someone tr- someone tripping hard sack. On that good good. Like, that's it. That's This guy must take the best acid that America has, or the world, has ever seen. It just has to be. 
no one can come up with these ideas without some type of aid. And it's not marijuana. No, no amount of marijuana will make you think. No, the marijuana is for when he, after he makes it and he wants to watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's for like a good time. But he's <laughs> taken, he's taken quarters of mushrooms, gold caps, to the face. And he's going out to Joshua Tree and he's fucking hanging out there for a month. And he's just... He's doing a lot of ayahuasca, probably. Living. Yeah, just living, man. Like, I, like I, this movie is a trip. All Great movie. Great, 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 great writing. I think this just comes with animation, but the best direction I've seen in a, in a Pixar movie so far. Um, not as emotional, me and Brianna said, as we thought it was going to be. Because we're tough bitches. Yeah, still emotional, though. It's still pulled on the heartstrings. And I think that it was... Probably the most, I'm going to choose my words carefully here. It's the most well done Pixar movie I've ever seen. But I feel that way because it's the only Pixar movie I've ever seen that was solely really based around humans. Like in, pretty much entirely. And so I felt like they really worked very hard on the animations in the people and their characteristics and the characteristics of New York City. New York City was alive, and it had a lot of cool things that New York City has, and it really embodied the character that is New York City. And I really feel like they put a lot of work and a lot of effort into that, and it really shows. And it just makes you feel more connected to the film, I felt. There was literally, like, a point, maybe, like, three quarters of the way through, where they do, like, bird's eye. I don't know if it's bird's eye, but they do, like, wide shots of New York City. And, yeah, this is a Pixar movie, and they look like real fucking images of new york city and it's all animated yeah we saw pizza rat spoiler alert pizza rats in it <laughs> he's fucking dragging a piece of pizza like you should be so that's really awesome the knicks are in it and they suck <laughs> yeah they also made it they spoiler, made a funny fun. <laughs> they made a good funny uh brianna how many how many popcorn bags are you giving it i would give it a 41 out of 50 popcorn bags and i would definitely hit it with a recommendation i'm since i'm basing this off other pixar films i'm gonna give it a i think a 43 out of 50 popcorn bags because pixar movies are always really good and i uh i don't think you could ever give a pixar movie less than a 40 in my in my book uh it wasn't my favorite pixar movie i've ever seen but it was so well done. Yeah, 43 out of 50 popcorn bags for me. You know what? 44 out of 50 popcorn bags. Fuck it, y'all. I'm all hyped up on Red Bull right now. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fucking shit. 44 out of 50 popcorn bags. Yes, I'm recommending it. Steal it. Rent it. Do whatever you got to do. Disney doesn't need your fucking money. However you got to watch this thing, watch it. Don't think that you got to get Disney+. Plus. Brianna, you're obviously recommending this movie. Yeah, I said that I was going to recommend it after my reading. Oh, I I wasn't paying attention yeah. to you because I'm all hopped up and ready for the spoiler zone. Oh, that's why you didn't listen to me this time? That makes sense. Spoiler zone, everybody. Remember, that means that we're going to fucking spoil the movie for you. So, <laughs> so if you don't want to listen to spoilers, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out, but then come back. Yeah, so, then come thanks. back because we, we talk about things that aren't movie-related, but are movie-related. Um, we have movie news at the end of this. There's movie news at the end of this. Brianna, what were your favorite parts? I didn't really have any favorite parts specifically. I really enjoyed the whole movie. It's definitely not the most emotional Pixar movie I've ever seen, but it is one of the most like 
thinkiest ones I've ever seen. Like, I've really had to think about it. And it really makes you kind of look at yourself and go, oh my gosh, am I leaving... Am I living a meaningless life? Am I just going to be like a lump when I'm looking down on myself as I'm going towards the light? Am I just going to be a little potato sitting on a couch? Is that going to be me? And then I kind of had like a whole like crisis with myself and I said, that's going to be me. My life is totally meaningless and I have nothing to live for. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. But that was one of my favorite parts. (laughs) I liked that I had to really think about it, even though it was a kid's movie. I enjoy. Now let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, though, Brian, because the end of the movie, the, the 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 point of the movie, the overall theme of the movie is that there isn't one thing that makes a person's existence worth it. There are a multitude of things in your life that culminate to who you are as a person, and that is your purpose. Is just is who you are, life and living, and just doing normal everyday things like walking and smelling the the fresh breeze and eating pussy now let me ask you a question do you feel like do you feel like you came to that at like did you did you get to that point at the end were you following along were you like oh and i feel like shit but then i'm like but then you're like oh wait it's it's not just about like small like things like that like oh what am i meant for it's just that like i'm here and and i i provide a lot in the world that i live in regardless of of really what i'm doing um, no, not really. I pretty much go through this crisis, like, once a week. <laughs> it often keeps me awake at night when I'm just laying in my bed. And I think, like, it's okay that I don't have, like, a totally meaningful life and that I'm not doing anything that's, like, super important and life-changing for other people. But I'm just happy to be here and I'm happy to be, uh, you know, in the middle, not in heaven or hell. But at the same time, like... I'll have that mentality for a couple days and then I'll fall back into like where all the lost souls are. And I'm like, Oh, no one likes me. <laughs> oh yeah. The lost souls was something in this movie. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, it's a vicious in, circle. And least favorite parts. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say that. Did you have any? Favorite uh, I did. You really just bummed me out there. <laughs> Sorry. My, my favorite, one of my favorite parts was the next joke. <laughs> That one was funny. Thanks, Brian. I had to follow up your existential crisis here with my favorite part, which is the next joke. Uh, There was a point in time in the movie where Tina Fey's character is in the before world, and she can go into this other side world where people who are in the zone (laughs) live. Like in, when when you have a passion and then you get into the zone, this is where like you float around. Mm-hmm. And Tina Fey said, this is what I've been fucking with this one team for okay, like. She didn't say 50. I've been fucking with this she's, one she's team. Just been fucking, she says messing. She's like, she's like, I'm fucking with these stupid idiots for like 50 years. And she throws like a rock at this dude, like kicking a ball. And uh, it ends up just being the Knicks. And <laughs> the dude is, misses, misses a dunk. And it's very funny. It, it's, so fuck the Knicks. Uh, shout out John Vargas and Tyler. Uh, they listen to this show. They are from Long Island in the Bronx, and they're big Knicks fans. And uh, yeah, they're lame. Even Pixar knows it. <laughs> shout out to Klamath Falls, Oregon. Whoever listening in Klamath Falls, Oregon is always listening. Shout out you. Brianna, I also had another flavored part, which was you just... You a flavored just part a, or a favorite part? I, I, have a fla- I had a flavored part. Well, my favorite part would have been the part where he ate the New York slice of pizza, which looked delicious. Uh, but my favorite part 
other than the next joke would be when Jamie Foxx turned into a cat and kept chasing the reflection from the pair of glasses that Tina Fey was wearing. Mm-hmm. And if you're confused by that statement, essentially what ha- if you're not going to go watch the movie and you're just listening to this review like like a sick bastard. Yeah, they got us with that one. Yeah, essentially what happens is Jamie Foxx dies. He goes to the afterlife. He somehow escapes the conveyor belt to heaven and he falls into the world that is the before life. He becomes Tina Fey's mentor. Tina Fey takes him to the side world where she meets this like hippie shaman dude that takes a bunch of acid as well and can go in between the worlds they create a hippie drum circle and then they fall into the sky and they fall back into jamie fox's life uh, life form body on earth and a cat but jamie fox becomes the cat and tina fey becomes jamie fox and so that's kind of like the pixar whoopsie daisies crazy part which i was very excited about i was like okay here we go that's just fantastic i thought that was good i thought that was very clever and i was like oh i wasn't expecting that no, I wasn't expecting that at all, and I'm glad I stayed away from spoilers, but I feel like Pixar movies do a good job of not spoiling. Maybe maybe adults aren't trying to give out spoilers for kids' movies, but... Well, I feel like Pixar and animals have such, like, a big role that, like, you saw an animal on, like, the cover, and you kind of just thought, like, oh, whatever, it's Pixar. Like, there's always animals. The cat on the cover is actually Jamie Foxx. Half of the movie. Another one of my favorite parts, Brianna, was the afterlife accountant. Terry. Fucking Terry. <laughs> Fucking Terry's hilarious. He's essentially like the villain in this movie, I guess you'd say. Uh, he's the guy that counts all the people that have died. And what a life. Jamie Foxx falls off the conveyor belt. He's he's missing a body. And he s- scours the entire planet and universe looking for him to bring him back to the afterlife. And he's just very persnickety. And like, I need to... He's he's Australian. He's like, I'm not going to do the voice because I... I, I uh, I'm a little high right now, so I'm just going to fuck it up. I'll try it. I'll try it. Keep it a whirl. Show Australia what it's about. <laughs> I need to get that. Oi. Nope. Just, nope. That... just stop. You're you're doing your Cockney oh. accent again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, so Terry's very funny. And there's a counterpart to Terry, which is Jerry, which is like five or six essentially counselors, like kindergarten teachers. Yeah, that's what they call and... everybody except for Terry. Yeah, and, and and they're very um, patronizing of Terry and just tell him he's handsome and he does a good job. And then he kind of is just like, oh, okay, thanks. And he, <laughs> and he walks away. It's, it's, it's good stuff. Pretty much any Russian woman on 90 Day Fiance is Terry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really loved this movie. Uh, it just and as a story, the script, I haven't read it, uh, but the story itself is really well put together. It made a lot of sense. It had a good amount of twists and turns. It ended exactly how you thought a Pixar movie would end. It started how you thought a Pixar movie would begin. Like, there were all the Pixar notes. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that that's that's their thing. That's what they do well. And then they should continue doing it until the fucking wheels fall off. I I really think that if you continue to have good, good, neat ideas like this, you can put that equation together. And it'll just fucking work every time. As long as there's some ingenuity behind it and some passion. That's what I truly believe, Brianna. Um, what I found fascinating was how you mentioned um, at the beginning of the show how Pete Doctor got the idea for this movie. And if you think about it, like, yeah, there's that whole like existential crisis of like, where, 
where you don't have any free will and like everything happens because it's already planned out. But at the same time, like what imagination to put that together with like, why don't we make a movie about how no one has any free will, but we want to make it kid friendly, but also fun for adults. So like, let's wrap some jazz funk into it. And like, we'll do some ditties and we'll scat and we'll play some cool piano and saxophone and it'll just be a jolly good time. I liked Ingenious, truly ingenious. And they did a great job of making everybody just look like everybody. People look like people. Were there any white people in this movie? There's There's a a white girl. There's a little white student girl. Connie kind of looks like she could be Hispanic or Asian, though. She didn't scream Caucasian to me, which was nice. That's so true. Yeah, there was actually no white people in this movie. There was just entities. There were white people, but they... And black people. There were were white people, but they were kind of like background people. There was... Nah, yeah, nice. And it was like, hey, hey, yeah, tables have turned. Tables have turned, white people. (laughs) (laughs) uh brianna you you mentioned earlier we didn't get this in the first half but you mentioned that a normal pixar movie has a thousand storyboards cells storyboards and how many did this movie have so because brianna lazily scans the internet (laughs) very lazily a typical just animated feature film goes through about one to three thousand storyboards Soul went through 73,000 storyboards. That's so many. And I'm no math whiz, but that seems like a quite a few more. That has to be because of the intense animation. Like, holy fuck. It really looked good. Brianna made a comment while we were watching and she goes, this looks fucking real. It does. Until you saw, like, the people. Obviously, the people have realistic, like, things about them, but they're clearly cartoons. But, like, the backgrounds of everything, they look like they're real. Like, the cars that go by, they look real. And it's just like, wow, we are living in the future. We've come a long way since uh, Woody and Buzz and Sid. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sid's not Pixar, but... Oh, wait, Sid is Pixar. Yeah, I thought you meant the, squ- the squirrel from Ice Age. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very interested to see how this movie is perceived by children. And parents of children. I would never uh, show because this it's to a my little, children. It's a little, it's it's a little different than f- fucking Up or Monsters Inc. or Toy Story. It's, it really it's is. It's really not though. Like if you think about it, Up, they show like poor that poor woman dying like right off the bat. They that's were true. like, we're gonna that's go balls true. deep. Well, Ten minutes in. That's why Up was even kind of like, oh shit, like this is kind of different. But like you know, you still had like a. Ch- I guess you still have that child element in Tina Fey in this movie. And you have the cat. I liked the cat. Yeah, I liked the cat, too. It was cat chubby. Was when it jumps off the bed and it just, like, splats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very, very chubby cat. But if you think about another Dr. Pete film, Inside Out, like, that was pretty intense. Yeah, that's true, too. That's true. They just get away with, with, with these really, like, high-concept movies. Pete Doctor must be going through some things because he just has some wacky kids' ideas. I'm telling you, man. He, Pete Doctor was supposed to be... I bet you anything that the crazy dude spinning the sign that goes in between worlds is based off Pete Doctor. I bet he's taken enough acid where he's like, I've been to that world, man. <laughs> I've fucking seen it. I've ridden the spaceships and set wind in my sails. Yeah, P-Doctor's definitely been abducted by aliens before. Uh, Another really cool part of this movie was in the same realm where people go while they're in the zone, quote-unquote, you can also become uh, a lost soul. So a lost soul is somebody who 
maybe gives too much to something. They obsess. Yeah, they obsess and they just, they lose themselves over it. The two examples we saw in the movie were a Wall Street stockbroker and a guy who just, <laughs> a guy who obsessed over having a metal detector and he became a lost soul and that was pretty funny. He was obsessed with finding gold, probably. Yes, and this leads me into my favorite part, uh, my least favorite parts, Brianna, because this is honestly my only least favorite part and it's not even a, you know, a bad part of the movie. It just kind of creeped me out. It was the Lost Souls. Uh, they were fucking very creepy. They were like slender manny and gangly and dark and weird and angry. And I would be creeped out if I was a kid. Not as much. I don't think I'd be as creeped out as Sid, but I would definitely be creeped out. No, on a scale of like one to that doll with the Kinect spider legs, I'd say we were probably at like an eight with those Lost Souls. Or the Barbie legs with the fishing pole. We're still an eight, though. <laughs> they were very creepy. Creepier than Coco, the Coco spirits. I liked Coco. I liked this more than Coco, though. They had, like, some some pizzazz, and so you weren't, like... Yoriba! They had some yeah. color. Those The Lost Souls are just totally, like, black sand colored, and it's like... <laughs> and they don't have, like, eyes. They're just, like, sculpted. <sighs> Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> they leave it wide open for a two, a soul two. I don't see why there wouldn't be a soul two. Um, I think this made a good amount of money. It was the first release on Disney Plus on Christmas uh, in terms of a Pixar movie for Disney. And I think that it, they hit a home run with it and they'll probably put out a second one the, the same way. Jamie Foxx, very funny, lends his voice very creatively, does a good job. Everybody did a really good job all around. Uh, do you have any least favorite parts though, Brianna? I know I'm kind of babbling about favorite parts again well one of my least favorite parts was that you see 22 who's tina Fey's voice you see her go down to earth because she finally gets her like earth card and we kind of wanted to see like who she turned into but um that wasn't the case my money was on asian i just wanted to see like in general like was she a baby like i kind of thought she was gonna be what's his face What's his face's baby? Joe. I thought he, she was like, he was going to find some girl and like woo her and they were going to have a baby and it was going to be uh, 22, but like she already shot down to earth. So that wasn't going to make sense. But yeah, they all yeah. become babies because... You know, that's a good point too. Uh, the fact that they didn't have a love interest for Joe, which I feel like kind of breaks a cup, maybe not Pixar molds, but just molds in general, not giving the main male character a love interest at all like they did no 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 who they they did but they didn't really explain it very well they just kept mentioning her name and it was this person named lisa like um when joe's the cat and 22 is joe which sounds very confusing she's like are you gonna go out with lisa again like i think you should call her and he's like no not right now i'm busy and then like oh there's a part where uh so that they're making a point to be like, there's going to be no love interest in this movie, which I think is, is, I like it because there doesn't need to be a fucking love interest in every single, I mean, you don't need that. There was no need, there was no need for it. So I, I'm glad they kept it out. No, because that could be the second movie though. That's true. That's a good point. But can you imagine if they tried to shoot, they tried to shoehorn in like, oh, he's trying to get Some married broad, too. Some broad, yeah, like, no. <laughs> yeah, that would have been way too much. That would have been fucking over the top. His... He wanted to make it as a musician, and he did, and then he gave his soul over 14 effect. Yeah, he was a little toxic, not gonna lie. 
But that's okay because he found out that he was being toxic and he changed his ways. But there was the part where Joe, he, um, one of his things about how he realized he should just live his life and his life did have meaning. He was on a beach with some woman and like he had his feet in the water and there was some woman there. So I think that was Lisa. So I think he realized like, yeah, maybe I should try to, you know, hop back on the old. Maybe I should try to go eat some more pussy. Yeah, maybe I should uh, try to eat some puss and pizza at the same time. So Yes, puss and pizza. Who doesn't love that? But there wasn't really, that was really my only least favorite part was how we didn't get to see 22 turn into a baby. But you know what? That's like a minor thing. I'm really nitpicking yeah. now for least favorite parts. The music was great. The music was really good. Understated, though. There was not as much music as I thought there was going to be, but that's not the worst thing. Mm -mm. Uh, Great, great jazz scenes. Enjoyable music. That's the Soul Review, everybody. Go see it. I know I gave it a 43 out of 50, but it's a 10 out of 10 in my heart, but not, not on the score sheet. Brianna, what else did you watch this week? Did any? Did you watch anything this week that was better than Soul or equal to quality? To be honest, I did the same thing I did last week, and I watched something, and then I totally forgot what it was. Oh my god, you gotta start keeping track of this. We have a... I'm gonna scold you right now, and this is going live. We have a podcast. Like, this is our, like, 26th episode. We just, like... People listen to us. Like, we just gonna, like, not write it down? What are you doing? Well, I watched Barry. Barry's not (laughs) even a fucking movie. <laughs> it's a fucking well at least i fucking wrote it down brianna uh i also watched the hangover 2 that's a movie Pfft. not the first time i've seen it but not the last time i'm gonna see it either that's a great movie. oh we're gonna talk about movies we've already seen i watched all the austin powers again oh yeah we can always talk about that too i watched all the austin powers before new year's eve because that's when they were leaving hbo max and then the next day i found out they were on hulu <laughs> <laughs> so i was like i'm glad i rushed for that <laughs> Those are, those are, I've always wanted the fourth one to come out, but it's always like in the works or so. It's been in the works for 10 years. Um, I did watch a new movie though, Brianna. I watched We Can Be Heroes. Did we talk about this? Did I tell you about this? Is that the David Bowie one? No, that's, <laughs> that's the Shark Boy and Lava Girl 2, essentially. You watched that? I did. It was terrible. It was so bad. It was like God fucking awful. Children are terrible actors nowadays. Does nobody know what they're... I, I guess my uh, my girlfriend made a point that, like, there's, you know, nobody's beating their kids anymore, so they, they, they have more free reign to be kids. There's no Dan Snyder behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, like, like, fucking beating them around so they have to be perfect, like Macaulay Culkin. Uh, but, no, ki- these kids were awful in this movie. The whole movie was just so bad. I really like Spy Kids. Yeah, I'm more of a Spy Kids girl, sorry. And it's not because I was a child that I really, uh, that the, that it, those were more enjoyable. These actors were just worse. Alex, no one stands up even close to Alexa Vega in Junie. Like, I don't know what's going on. The, the, the story was weird. The, you the, know all what's of it was wrong? Weird. Pedro Pascal was in it though. Oh, so. that's nice. Yeah. Other than the fact that parents aren't being too hard on their kids, it's that, like, parents in, like, Hollywood are giving children these expectations that, like, anybody can be an actor. And it's like, no, honestly, you can't. Sorry, we can't give everybody our participation ribbon because not everybody is good. I'm sure they'll have something else they can be really great at in life, but move along. 
Yes. And you can roll your eyes at me right now, but when I tell you that the little girl that was the fucking lead in this movie, at the very end, she goes, somebody, somebody get, just like this, somebody get on the line and lure him in. Ew. She looks around, looks around. No, wait. I'll do it. Cut to Pedro Pascal going, she's going to show them how to be a leader. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Who, what, what's happening? Like, you can roll your eyes at me. I know it's a fucking child. I know it's a child's movie, but at least have standards. Like, at least Nickelodeon standards. You know, like, there's at least some, like, like, iCarly and Ariana Grande, like, they were at least good enough to be in those shows. This little girl was fucking garbage. And it, little girl, if you're listening to this episode of Where the Fuck Are the Popcorn Welcome Bags to the right now? World. Yeah. Get a better agent. <laughs> <laughs> or a or an acting coach or something, you little bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding, but fuck you. I'm kidding. Maybe she'll grow um, into it. You never know. <laughs> or she'll just become like a porn actress. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, Maybe she'll flourish. Oh my god. Oh my god. Porn. Oh my god. That's terrible. Porn actress. No, she'll just get an OnlyFans. By, well, she's like 12. So by the time she's 18, six years, pro- OnlyFans is probably going to be the new Netflix. Or there's going to be something just totally beats OnlyFans. Dre- beats by Dre OnlyFans? No. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> On that note, headlines. Headlines. Extra, extra. Read all about yeah, it. Yeah, the LA film industry is locking down I the LA. I know. But the, <laughs> L- the LA. The, the LA Department of Health asked the film industry to shut. Really, down. my industry shut down last March, and you know what? You don't hear me <laughs> bitching about it. So, just saying. <laughs> yeah, I guess they can suck my balls, but that will put a damper on our 2021 if they don't get to pump out some movies because it's it's all it's all i got that's okay the, i watch the, the same movies, 10 right? movies anyway <laughs> except for on monday nights <laughs> um women directed a record number of movies in 2020 brianna as our as our uh as our female representative yeah i'm pretty proud of us okay do you well, let me hear your thoughts are you are you girl powering it up right now are you whapping over the women doing their thing well i mean the female representative on the show is just a part-time feminist so i'm proud of us as women and you know i'm i'm com- we're coming along but at the same time not every movie that a woman directed was good do you have any off the top of your head unpopular opinion um wonder woman 1984 maybe okay yeah all right i can i'll uh i'll give you that one for for sure that one right off the bat um but you know what i honestly this is gonna you're gonna everyone's gonna be like oh brianna sucks hashtag brianna sucks i don't really watch a movie necessarily because it's directed by a woman i don't really think it should matter that a woman directed no, it or a man directed it. I just want to watch it because I like the story. Maybe I like someone that's in it. Maybe I like where one of it was shot or something like that. But I'm not like, oh, well, it wasn't directed by a woman. I'm not fucking watching it. I Okay, yeah. I mean, com- I completely agree. I I doubt many people would disagree with that. But this, for the select few that do, uh, I don't know, get... Get your shit checked out, bro. You don't. You don't have to. You don't have to stand stand that that hard. Uh, what other kind of movie news did you have? Brianna wants to know what the fuck happened to Quibi. Quibi might get bought by Roku. I read that, and I was like, I think I read last week. Um, well, like something happened to Quibi, and then I went, "What? I don't even remember Quibi shows coming out." And then today I read that Roku was going to buy Quibi. 
like the collection of Quibi shows. And then I went, what the hell happened to Quibi? Where, where did it, did it, did it go to oh, the great died. beyond? Ooh, ooh, sweetie, it died. It died a, it died a pretty embarrassing death. I mean, it was a weird concept. It was, but they tried to roll out with all that nonsense. Like, oh, Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Like, no, 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 no. No one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. And it died. Okay. Well, good to know. There's going to be a um, Rubik's Cube movie coming out in the near future, maybe. I passed by that. Very interesting. I am a cuber myself. I can I can do a cube in like four minutes, which is not very fast at all. Uh, but I can do a whole Rubik's Cube uh, by memory. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool that they're doing a Rube movie. Speaking of Rubik's Cubes, after the Queen's Gambit, chess sets have sold out completely, which I don't really understand because you can play chess on your phone or the computer. I mean, yeah, if you're like a hands-on person, you might want the chess set, but you can play it on your phone. Yeah, but not with your grandpa or mum. Not with your mummy. (laughs) But I thought that was interesting because I was like, damn, people were whapping over Queen's Gambit. I loved it. And I would recommend it highly, 10 out of 10. But Oh, 10 out of 10, very good. I wouldn't be running to get a chess set because I'd be like, A, chess is just way beyond my brain. B, it's on your phone. And then C, just keep watching Queen's Gambit and you figure it all out. Or just read a book about it. She reads a ton of books about chess. Find a book. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe Brianna doesn't really know what she's talking about completely about chess. But uh, I would... I would definitely maybe get a set if you want to play. Also, I'm wondering if it's like legitimate chess sets or like all chess sets. Because you know how there's like chess sets that people made for like movies where they're like plays on chess set? I have a Yankee Red Sox chess set. Exactly. Like, do you think it's all chess sets or just like formal, formal chess sets? No, I bet it's all chess sets. (laughs) Chess sets are flying off the shelves. I had a chess board with uh, chess pieces and it taught you how to play chess it actually showed you which ways each piece moved and i thought that was very fascinating that's pretty good i like chess i uh, i'm a fan i'm a checkers girl obviously checkers was fun too i'm not gonna hate on checkers when anybody ever says oh i only play checkers i'm like not only checkers is a good game checkers was more my speed if you couldn't tell yeah i can tell i can tell but it's also <laughs> a game of strategy and uh yes you don't want to get too very cocky true. No, you can't be a silly billy and win a game of checkers. Well, you can, but that's only if you're playing another silly billy. Also, I read that uh, Wonder Woman, quote, loses steam and plummets at the box office. And I was like, ah, duh. Ah, duh. Did anyone see the first 10 minutes? Yeah, duh. So I've, I've been watching more reviews this week and they all say what we said. They're all just like, oh, it's fucking boring. It was way worse than the first one. No emotion, no connection. The There was not nothing interesting going on. A lot of people shit on the scene where she was like lassoing through the air like we did. It's just the wreck. Just the whole, the whole movie was a fucking mess. I'm not a, I'm not 100% sure because I didn't click on these. But I think that like Patty Jenkins is trying to blame the studio for it. And it's like, Patty, honey, like, I don't know what you're trying to sell, but you were supposed to direct Thor 2, and that didn't work out, and it fell through, and you uh, you left. And now you're trying to, like, blame the, the bad showing of Wonder Woman to, like, also the studio, and it's like, I think 
a little bit of both. Uh, it's a two-way yeah, street for you, Pats. Little of column A, little of column B, Patsy. <laughs> Still think you're talented, but maybe shoulder some of that. Shoulder some of that blame. Especially if you're going to come back for a third one. She said she's going to come back for a third yeah, one. Yeah, she was like all ready so if to go. If you're going to come back for the third one, you got to shoulder the blame. That's yeah, Especially you get more writing credit on the second one. Like, this is all you. This is more... If you want to become the female Zack Snyder, you got to take, take the, the the pedo accusations too. You know what I mean? Just that's that's what you got to do. Well, Brianna, do you know who Kim Wall is? No. So she was a she was a journalist who was murdered uh, in 2017. She was interviewing an entrepreneur named Peter Madsen because he built a backyard submarine, like a full-on real-to-life submarine in his backyard he was a danish person and uh she went on board to interview him about it and then she went missing um and everybody was like obviously like uh i think this guy did it (laughs) (laughs) and uh they found the submarine was found sunken uh at the bottom of a lake or the fucking ocean or wherever the like a channel whatever wherever it was sunken and uh she was she was in it and so he was madsen was charged and later convicted of her murder and he's this obviously eccentric genius because you don't build a fucking submarine unless you're a genius um but he yeah he killed he killed this uh this journalist and hbo got the rights for the limited series there's probably going to be like a dark, gritty, limited series coming out about. Did that. he really do it, or was it good. just like everything seemed to point to no, him? No, 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 no. He 100 percent did it. He he admitted to it. Yeah, he actually just tried to escape prison last year. Hell yeah! Uh, I mean, not really, but like, cool. He was sitting on the side of the road with like a a sign that said like I have a bomb, but he didn't have a bomb. So. <laughs> he was sitting on the side <laughs> of the road with a sign yeah. that says I'm not an escaped prisoner. This is just a jumpsuit I like to wear. <laughs> I'm not a madman murderer submarine boy. (laughs) (laughs) The sign said, I can build submarines. I won't murder you, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're hot, you won't fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you don't want me, unless you don't want to show me your titties. Like, that's okay. I won't murder you. I'll just pretend like you disappeared. (laughs) Do you have any other uh, headlines or movie news? Because I do not. I don't. Honestly, that's it. I'm just sick of hearing everybody whining and bitching and complaining about how, uh, you know, actors are losing money because of streaming and this is getting pushed back and that's getting pushed back and poor us, poor us. And while every normal average American is also like, hi, can we get some fucking money too? Thanks. Yeah, we're all struggling as well. Shut your bitching. Quit your bitching. Just go to Aspen and go fucking skiing with the Hadid sisters because that seems to be what everybody's doing. Don't Chrissy Teigen complain to me. I don't care. Preach, girl. Where's my money, Mitch McConnell? Yeah, where's my where's my fucking, fucking asshole? Yeah, you bitch. Mm. I'm gonna break your ass down, you old turtle cunt. Mitch, if I ever see you, I'm gonna fucking bitch slap you. Fuck yeah. And on that note, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you so much. Give us the stimmy. We want some of that money. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Hit up our Discord. Follow us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share. Next week, we'll be watching, I think, Shadow in the Clouds, which is a weird gender-bendy World War II Chloe Grace Moratz 
spooky ooky movie. Why do you call uh, it Chloe? It's Chloe. Because who cares? <laughs> who cares? Ultimately. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. We love you. Brianna, say goodbye. Bye. Peace. Bye, Beans. Bye-bye. Hashtag Brianna sucks. Oh.